From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Hartford Funds, where they believe in human-centric investing. Because no matter how far technology advances, investors will always be humans first. Well, earlier gains have evaporated and stocks are declining. Investors see a 61% chance of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates in December. And that's up 10 percentage points from a week earlier. So shares favored for their higher dividends are selling off, along with companies sensitive to a rising dollar, while banks are gaining. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg Radio. Dow Industrial Average is down 105.6 tenths of a percent, trading at 18,148. S&P 500 down 13 points, two-thirds of a percent at 2147. The Nasdaq is down 20 points, four-tenths of a percent, trading at 5281. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 19 cents a barrel, four-tenths of a percent at 48.62. Spot Gold is down 3.1 percent right now. That's a loss of $40.60 an ounce, trading at 1272.10. Ten-year Treasury down 15.30 seconds, yield 1.6742. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. The shares of Wells Fargo have lost a little bit more than 1.5% so far this week. The stock currently trades at $43.72. And the treasurer, the state treasurer of Illinois, said the bank would no longer be a broker-dealer for about $30 billion of state investment funds annually. And he said that it would cost Wells Fargo millions of dollars in fees. Uh, Wells Fargo uh, disputed that figure. Uh, Here to tell us more about the woes of Wells Fargo, and they also uh, happen to uh, uh, take place in the city of Chicago, Elizabeth Campbell our municipal bonds reporter for Bloomberg News, and she joins us from Chicago. Elizabeth, this is a story that just keeps rolling on. Tell us more. Yeah, I'm right here in Chicago where just yesterday our um, city treasurer, Kurt Summers, told Bloomberg exclusively, actually, that he plans to divest about $25 million that the city has invested with Wells Fargo after um, after the scandal came out. Basically, Wells Fargo has admitted to opening potentially millions of bogus client accounts. And Treasurer Summers here in Chicago has said Chicago deserves better. And so his office, which manages the city's $7 billion investment portfolio, is planning to unwind these $25 million of assets as, as quickly as possible in a way that would be, you know, protect pa- taxpayers, according to Treasurer Summers, and in a way that's prudent. So um, that, that's the news here. Elizabeth, uh, your, the, the story also says that you wrote that Illinois won't be using Wells Fargo on any new bond sales until further notice. So is this a temporary unwinding? 
if Wells Fargo makes amends, will we commence again? What, what are you supposed to take away from this? Well, yeah, Governor Rauner's office told us that the Wells Fargo won't be on any new bond sales until further notice. They're not part of the deal that Illinois is expected to price next week. Technically, Governor Rauner's administration hasn't done any bond business with the bank. Um, we'll see if this spreads beyond just the state of Illinois. Chicago actually may be taking, you know, further steps to sever relations with Wells Fargo. The, the chair of the city's finance committee, um, the city council's finance committee, Alderman Edward, Edward Burke, um, he actually introduced a measure on Friday that would bar Chicago from doing any business as well as Fargo, including bond deals. And so that plan is going to be taken up tomorrow in the um, City Council Finance Committee meeting this Wednesday. Elizabeth, do you believe that any of this is the result of seeing John Stump, the chief executive of Wells Fargo, appear uh, before congressional leaders? You know, I do. It seems like this pullback from these state and city treasures is coming as the pressure is building on the bank. I mean, like you mentioned, CEO Trump just testified there's more um, pressure on him and perhaps even the bank's board to resign because of this fake account debacle. You know, and while he told lawmakers, uh, he told Congress that the bank was working to help customers, they were deeply sorry that they broke their trust, you know, it seems like these treasures, including those here from the city of Chicago and for the state of Illinois, aren't waiting around um, for any amends. Elizabeth Campbell, thank you so very much for joining us. Terrific story. She's our municipal bonds reporter for Bloomberg News in Chicago. Her uh, breaking news story out about the Chicago treasurer divesting $25 million of investments from Wells Fargo. Congratulations, Elizabeth. Well, let's move on to the big event tonight, the vice presidential debates. Democrat Tim Kaine, Republican Mike Pence, two politicians in their late 50s, each with gubernatorial and congressional experience set to face off for 90 minutes at Longwood University in Farmville, Virginia. Very happy now to welcome U.S. government reporter for Bloomberg News, Tolu Olorunipa, to tell us about the debate and what these two face. So, Tolu, uh, how much is at stake? How much do vice presidents ever make when it comes to who gets elected to be president of the United States? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And historically, we haven't seen a very big impact uh, by vice presidential debates on polls in presidential races. But this is a race that's unlike any other race that we've seen in the, in recent history. So there were, are going to be a lot of eyeballs on this uh, on this debate. And the uh, goal for each candidate is to sort of support and boost their uh, their running mate. And this is a time where Donald Trump has had a pretty tough week after last week's debate. He's kind of struggled in the uh, news. Headlines have not been in his favor. Everything from uh, negative news about Trump University to about uh, negative news about his taxes, tax returns that were leaked to the New York Times, to his ongoing fight with the Miss Universe from 20 years ago. So the uh, the goal of Mike Pence is going to be to uh, change that narrative and to boost Trump at a time when a lot of his supporters are, are worrying about the outcome of this election. Tolu, you're in uh, Farmville, uh, Virginia, right? That's right. Okay. And maybe just tell people a little bit about Farmville. Uh, it's uh, near the Appomattox uh, River and um, the sort of format for the debate, because, you know, where they're held can have an effect on and how they're held can have an effect on the debate itself. Yeah, that's true. Farmville is a relatively small town. It's about an hour away from Richmond and about three hours from Washington, D.C. It's in uh, Governor uh, 
Tim Kaine, now Senator Tim Kaine's uh, backyard. This is his home state, and uh, it's, the debate's going to be held at a university uh, school here, and it's going to be a, a traditional-style debate as a moderator, uh, and uh, they're both going to be asked questions, and they're going to have uh, plenty of time to answer. It's going to be a 90-minute debate, only two, uh, two candidates uh, answering, so they'll have a lot of time to delve into policy issues and really dig deep into uh, the plans that their running mates have for the country. Um, and it's going to be an opportunity for uh, both candidates to really introduce okay. themselves to the world stage because uh, a lot of people don't know uh, these vice president or vice presidential candidates. So, Tulu, uh, one of our Bloomberg News stories um, does uh, lays out six things we need to know before the showdown. Let's see how many we can get through. First of all, who faces the bigger test and why in these debates tonight? I would say the bigger test is probably for Pence. He has to change the narrative uh, for uh, his uh, his running mate, Donald Trump, who's behind in the polls. And the narrative right now is that he's losing and he's struggling and he's been a little bit erratic. So he needs to have a steady hand and really change the narrative. And that's a really, really difficult task. For Kane, he just kind of has to keep things going the way they are and, and boost his candidate, which is uh, Hillary Clinton, who seems to be doing pretty well in the polls right now. Go ahead. Preparation. Uh, yeah, we famously saw last week that uh, Donald Trump didn't do a lot of preparation. So I assume that his running mate is going to do a lot more. It's going to have done a lot more preparation for this debate, and they're both uh, very well versed in policy as you know governors and uh, people with congressional uh, experience. So I don't think that either will have trouble being uh, prepared at this debate tonight. Nice guys can finish last. Yeah, they're both seen as uh, as nice nice people, very uh, very cordial, and we're not expecting them to be calling each other names or interrupting each other the way that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton did uh, last week. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the country uh, responds to that type of uh, cordial debate, very different from what we've seen this year uh, in a very wild uh, presidential season. According to a recent uh, Fox News poll, nearly one-third of likely voters have no opinion of either Kane or Pence. Is that unusual? It's a bit unusual. These are two vice presidential candidates that did not run for president, so a lot of people don't know who they are. Often you see uh, presidential uh, picks choosing their uh, their picks based on uh, people they ran against, so people who have a national following, and that's something that these two candidates don't have, and this is probably going to be the biggest political stage that either has ever been on. So that's, this is going to be an opportunity for people to uh, reach a conclusion about how they feel about each candidate. Well, we already, already talked about how the format will encourage the actual debate, but tell us about how much the records of these two vice presidential candidates will be scrutinized. Uh, yeah, this will be an opportunity to really dig into their records because there are places where uh, they, their records differ from their running mates. Uh, we can think about uh, Governor Pence and the fact that he voted for the Iraq War, something that Donald Trump says that he was against and that he says was a disastrous vote by all who were in Congress. We can look at Kane and the fact that he had somewhat different views on abortion uh, as, uh, as Secretary Clinton. Uh, so this will be an opportunity for them to explain their own uh, political records and defend their, uh, their running mate on issues where they have some differences. I want to thank you very much, Tulu Onorupita. He is our U.S. government reporter for Bloomberg News, joining us from the site of tonight's debate between the vice presidential candidates and to take place in Longwood University in Farmville, 
Virginia. That's about uh, three hours outside of Washington, D.C. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. My co-host, Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.